Thank you for tuning in to our North Point Community Church podcast. Wherever you are in your faith journey, we pray that as you listen to this message, you will be encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at ncc.team. Sessions, but I want to I want to start with this five fundamentals uh, five fundamental factors for future expansion. We're going to be coming out of Romans 8, and so we're going to read uh, quite a, a, a few scriptures as we work through these five fundamental factors, all found right here in Romans chapter 8. And, uh, and I'm just going to get right to it tonight. No, no uh, introduction, no funny stories, jokes, anything like that. Let's just get into it tonight. You're here to expand, so let's just expand. Uh, Romans chapter 8, we're going to start in, in verse 1. And here's the first fundamental factor for expansion, and that is belonging. Belonging. You might want to take some notes, write this down, put it in your phone. Uh, I believe there will be something that you want to go back to. Uh, we're going to start in verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong. Say belong. belong. Now there is no condemnation for those who belong. Say belong. belong. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong, say belong. belong. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And that in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. He starts and he says, hey, there is no longer any condemnation whatsoever for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Let let me just give you the definition of belong. I, I know you probably know what it means, but to belong means to have the proper qualifications to be a member of the group. Come on, you know, there are certain clubs that you can only get into if you have the proper qualification. There are are some places you can only go if you have the proper qualifications. You you have to belong to get there. Uh, Another definition of the word belong, it means to properly or to to be properly or appropriately placed or situated. That that you are properly placed, that you are appropriately situated. It it means that that is where you belong. Let me me just give you uh, a a little example. How, How many of you have ever been somewhere that you did not belong? Okay, you know, you have been there and you knew that you did not belong where you were. And, and when, you are, when, you are, when you are in that place where, where you, you know that you do not belong, you, you are nervous because you know that at any moment you can be asked to leave or you can be removed or you could be arrested. I mean, just depending on where you go. You know, it's just like wherever you go. And so you're always a little nervous when you know that you don't belong where you are in that moment. But here's the problem is if you don't belong and you act nervous, then people get suspicious. Okay, so you have to act like you belong. 
You have to act like you know what you're doing. And if somebody asks you, you just have to give them an answer like you're confident, but you have no clue what you're talking about. You know, you just start talking about, yeah, well, I talked to Jim back there, and I know, and they know Jim that works there. You know, you just have to start, you have to act like you know what's going on. But here's the problem. If you act like you know that you belong, or if you act like you belong there, but you don't really belong there, sooner or later you're going to get found out. Sooner or later you're going to talk to somebody that really knows that you really don't belong there. And you're going to be asked to move and to leave. And do you know that some of us, that's how we live our Christian lives? We live our Christian lives like we really don't belong. Like we, we, we really don't belong there. Why? Because sometimes uh, people feel that their acceptance is based on their performance. My acceptance in the family is dependent upon my performance. And so we, we act like we belong, but we're always afraid that somebody's going to ask us a question that's going to expose us, you know. And whenever the pastor says, I want you to turn to Zephaniah chapter 4, and you're in your Bible, and you just start flipping, you know. And then you just hold it real close so that, so that nobody can see, you know. But you, you're like in Mark, you know. And you're just like hoping that nobody looks. You're like, you know, preacher says, say amen if you're there. You're like, amen, I, Zephaniah chapter 4 right here. You know, and just hold it close to you. You know, you just, you, you, you just can't let anybody know. And so you, you feel like you have to act. But here's the problem. If your life is driven by performance, sooner or later, you're going to run out of steam. Sooner or later, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna run out of the endurance and the perseverance that it keeps to keep on going in your, own, in your own stamina, in your own strength, and in your own wisdom. But we feel like our acceptance into the family is based on our Performance, And this is how condemnation creeps into your life. I want you to write this down. Condemnation thrives where there is a condition. Condemnation thrives where there is a condition. Condemnation thrives where there is a condition. Verse 1 of our scripture says this, but there is no condemnation for those who know they belong. If you know that you belong, then there is no condemnation. Why? Because you know that in God there is unconditional love. And when there is no condition, there will be no condemnation. There is no condition on my life to be accepted by God because he said that I was accepted. There is no condition on my life based on my performance to get his acceptance. He has said that I have already been accepted, not because of what I have done, but because what Jesus has done for me, that is what gave me access. But if I feel like it's up to me, then I'm walking around the place being like, well, I really don't belong. And I'm nervous that I'm going to get exposed. But whenever I know that I got my credentials from God, that God gave me my VIP pass, I will walk right into any place, but I will go backstage. I'll go up on the stage. I don't care where I got it. Why? Because I know I belong because God told me I belong. It's not based on my performance. It's, it's based on his acceptance in me. And, and so if you ever feel condemnation, if you feel condemnation rising in your heart, I promise you, your condemnation is attached to a condition. Because you feel like there, there, there's a level that you have to meet for God to love you. You, you feel like there, there, there's a level that you have to meet for God to accept you. And, and that's, that's always the key. And if you are a person that, that struggles with condemnation and struggles with the fact that do I really belong, what you need to ask yourself is do I really believe that God's love is unconditional, which that is exactly what the Scripture tells you. The Scripture tells you that God's love is an unconditional love, that his grace is amazing, that that is the God that we serve. And so where there, where there is, where there is 
condemnation, there will always be a condition. But where there is no condemnation, you are resting in the unconditional love of God. That's in John chapter 3 when, when Nicodemus, the, the, the Pharisee, the, the teacher of the law, he, he came at night to find Jesus and, and, and he, he sneaks in there because, you know, he doesn't want anybody to see him and, and he sneaks in there with Jesus and he says, hey, you know what, um, you, 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 you're really not like us. I, I know that you have to be from God because you, you do these signs and these wonders and and whenever you talk, you talk with an authority like we don't have. And, and, and I, I just came to ask you a few questions. And before Nicodemus can even get into his speech, Jesus basically cuts him off and says, you got to be born again. And he says, uh, well, that's a problem. I'm an old man. I don't, I don't really know how that's going to work. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You've already been born of the flesh or you've been born of water. But now you need to be born of the spirit. Now you need to be, what you are looking for, what you're really looking, what was this man really coming for? This man was coming to say, you have something that I want because it looks like you belong to God and you've got this relationship with God and you've got this power and this authority and it's what I really long for. And here Nicodemus had been working. He had been in the temple. He had been doing all of these things, trying to keep every letter of the law, trying to do everything perfect. And he's looking at Jesus and say, you have what I want. I'm working so hard over here to be accepted, but it looks like you already have acceptance. I'm working so hard over here to make sure I do everything right, but it looks like you've already got the blessing of righteousness on your life. I need to know, how do I get what you have? Jesus said, you got to be born again. You got to be born again. You have to be born of the Spirit. This is the only qualification for belonging. You just got to be born again. You just have to be born again, placing your faith, hope, and trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of performing. It's a matter of receiving. I, I want to go to, to Romans 5. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even give this to our media, so this scripture is not going to be on the screen behind us. This is just a, a last-minute edition. Come on, how many of you are thankful for a last-minute edition every now and then? It just, it just squeezes itself right on in there. And it's in Romans chapter 5, verse 15. Scripture says this, but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. Say gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. So he says there was a sin that brought death, but greater is the gift of forgiveness that came through Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, and the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For, listen, for Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads us to, be, to being made right with God. What is being made right with God? That's belonging. 
You, you belong to God. When you are made right with God, you belong to God. So what he's saying here is that God's free gift, it was a free gift that God gave you, a free all-access pass into his family. He gave you a brand new identity as a son or daughter. He said that you belonged into the family, and whenever he gave you that identity, and he gave you that name, and he put that on your life, all of a sudden you belonged. Why? Because it was a free gift that Jesus wanted to give you. Now, Jesus has the authority to give whatever he wants to give. You can't say, oh, well, I don't really deserve it. I don't really, it doesn't matter. Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. And he said, I'm giving you this free gift of belonging. Now you are in the family. It says, it's, it, and this is what it says. It says that he gave us that, that free gift that leads to belonging, even though we are guilty of many sins. So, so I know it, some, somebody in here was thinking, well, he doesn't know how, many I, how much I've sinned. He doesn't, know how, he, he doesn't know all the things that I've done. He doesn't know all the things I've said. I know he's talking about this free gift. I know he's talking about belonging, but he doesn't know how many sins I've committed. He doesn't know all the bad things that I've thought, all the bad things that I've said in my lifetime. He doesn't know how all those things have, 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 have piled up in my lifetime. Okay, well, the scripture just said, it says that you've been given the free gift. It doesn't matter how many sins you have. It doesn't matter. You, 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 you are free from that. You belong to him. Last verse in verse 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. Through all who receive. So you can't earn it. You have to receive it. It's not about you performing. It's about you receiving. It's not about you doing. It's, it's about you receiving. It's not about you perfecting. It's about you receiving. You receive this free gift from God. And if you receive it, listen to the promise, you will triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. When you realize that you belong and you accept that identity and you accept that, you accept that place at the table that this belongs to me and I belong now, I have the right to triumph over sin that has been triumphing over me. I have power over what has had power over me. I have the ability to conquer what has conquered me. Why? Because God said that I belong and it is a free gift and it is the gift of righteousness. What does that mean? It means he gives you the gift of righteousness. It means he makes you right with God. That is how you belong. Your sins don't count against you anymore. You have been made right with God. Now you belong to his family. You see, that, that, that's where expansion begins. Expansion begins with you understanding that you belong. You, 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 you can't be creeping in church feeling like you don't belong. You, you, you can't wake up in the morning, go into your prayer time, feeling like God doesn't, want to, God doesn't want to talk to you. You can't walk into your small group feeling like, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to show up and kind of do my best. I, I hope I put a good performance together. I hope they think that I belong. No, no, no. You, you have to understand you belong. The, the key to your future expansion is with you first understanding that you belong, that you have been given a free gift by Jesus Christ. And if you will receive it, you belong to the family. Here's the, the, the second factor for our future expansion, and that is becoming. Becoming. So it's, it's, it's belonging, and then it's becoming. In, in, in verse 5, as we make our way through Romans, it says, 
Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think. Say think. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think. Say think. They think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. The sinful For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under control of the sinful nature can never please God. You see, this is why you have to belong first. Many many times we want to become first. We want to become something different so that we can feel like we belong. But it doesn't work that way because you are still in a sinful nature. And he says, if you're in a sinful nature, there's nothing that you can do to please God. You can give it your best effort, but you won't please him. You have to receive that free gift. And when you receive that free gift, you become righteous and you become made right with God. And it's only after I belong that I can begin to become. You have to see the order here. It's in verse 9. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life Because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. You see, we can't stop at the salvation of our soul. That's belonging. God gives us that. Now we belong, the salvation of our soul. We can't stop at the salvation of our soul. We must move towards the transformation of our lives. It's not about us just being saved for eternity's sake. It's not about us just being saved, our soul being saved. No, we need our life to be transformed. After all, and this is where we get into becoming, our life being transformed, that's becoming. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said what? Come and follow me, right? And I will make you. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come and follow me and I will make you. What's he talking about? You come and follow me, I'm going to change your perspective. You come and follow me, I'm going to change your passions. You come and you follow me, I'm going to change your attitude. You come and follow me, I'm going to change your possibilities. If you will come and follow me, I will make you something that you could have never been on your own. You see, this is called discipleship. Come and follow Jesus. Become a disciple of Jesus. And we define discipleship as the process to progress. The process to progress. What what are we progressing to? We want to be like Jesus. That that is the process to progress. We want to look like Jesus and think like Jesus and act like Jesus and respond like Jesus and pray like Jesus and give like Jesus and love like Jesus and lead like Jesus. We want to be like Christ. That is what it is to become a disciple of Christ, to be a follower of Christ. It's like to be a, a little Christ, a shadow of Christ, that you would so follow Christ that you would be in in the very image of him. That, that is, that is our, our process to progress. And, and you know what that process is going to require? It's going to require uh, teaching 
and training and correcting and celebrating. And this process never stops. The process of becoming never stops. You will go to the grave still becoming more like Jesus. You will go to the grave still growing in your faith. You you will come to the end of this life and step into the next life. And on your last day, you should still be becoming more like him. You don't ever reach, on this earth, you don't ever reach the full maturity of the faith. You don't ever have it all together. It will never, ever work. No, this is a process that never stops in our lives. It, it never stops. And that's why he says here, you, you, you got to make sure that what is controlling your mind. What is controlling your mind? Because if the old nature is still controlling your mind, then it's leading you to death in some areas of your life. Now, now for, for most, most of you in here, you've been in the church for a while. You've been in relationship to Jesus for a while. You're showing up on expansion weekend because you're really ready to expand, to go to the next level. Okay, so it's not a matter. Whenever you read this, you can't read like it's either one or the other because there are some areas of your life where the Spirit is controlling your mind, and there's other areas of your life where the sinful nature is controlling your mind. It's not one or the other. There are areas and departments and days and, and certain weeks and, and certain seasons, and, 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 and the, the, the sinful nature can come in and can begin to troll our mind, and we have to be careful of that because it says when that happens, it's going to lead you to death. Oh, what do, I mean, death, I mean, you, you're not going to die, okay? Like, your heart's not going to stop today because you got a simple nature controlling it. But, but death just means separation from life, okay? That's what death, separation from life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so you are separated from the life that God really wants you to live. So you are separated from abundance. You are separated from the overflow. You are separated from the life that God actually has for you when the sinful nature is controlling your mind. But he says, when the spirit is in control of your mind and you are thinking thoughts that please the spirit, guess what? Then your life is invaded with life and with peace. So when the spirit is controlling my mind, I'm experiencing the abundant life that Jesus died for me to have. When the spirit is controlling, I am in the overflow, living in the abundance, and, and I have peace, and I have joy, and I, I am in the process of becoming everything that Jesus wants. But when my mind begins to drift to the sinful nature, all of a sudden that flow stops in my life, in that area of my life, and now I want to produce fruit, but I can't produce any fruit. Why? Because I'm not in the flow of life. Everything begins to shrivel and die. So I have to make sure that I am becoming in every area of my life with my, with my spouse and with my children and on the job and in all these different areas of life. I've got to make sure that I am growing and I am becoming and that the spirit is driving me in all of these different, in all of these different areas. And, and in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. This is the amplified version. Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. Okay, do you see that? Be transformed and progressively changed. That means, that, that means you're going to constantly be changed over and over and over and over again. It is going to be a progression of transformation, a progression of change. This is never going to stop. Our mind is going to continue to be more and more and more led 
led by the Spirit. Be progressively changed as you mature spiritually. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Can I just say this to you? There are some thoughts that you're having right now that you don't even know are wrong. There are some thoughts that you are having on a regular basis, things that you're thinking about yourself, things that you're thinking about other people, things that you're thinking about God, things that you're thinking about your future, things that you're thinking about your past, things that you're just thinking about life in general, things that you're thinking about people at work, and, and, and they're just not right, and you don't even know it. Why? Because you just haven't matured to the point that you know it yet. I mean, destiny has, has, has fixed me. Destiny and, and the, 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 well, let's say that the Holy Spirit has used destiny to point out some things that I didn't even know were wrong. I, I didn't even know I had the wrong thinking. I had no idea. I mean, I thought, I mean, I love Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I was showing up to church. I was preaching. I was doing everything else. And then destiny would come along and say, have you ever thought about the way that you think about this? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah sure I have course. And then she brings some things to light. And I go, wow. And I, I've, I've never thought about it that way before. See, that's the process of my mind releasing control from my old nature, the spirit coming in and taking over my mind. Why? Because I'm always in the process of becoming. And if the sinful nature is in control of my mind, I'm not in the process of becoming. I'm in the process of dying because that's what the scripture says. It is death. There is no life. But the more that my mind is being turned over to the spirit and I'm thinking renewed thoughts that the Holy Spirit is doing in me, the more that I am doing that, then the more I am growing and becoming and maturing in my life, and that's the will of God, and that's one of the keys to your expansion. Are you becoming on the inside what God wants you to become? Are you thinking the way that God wants you to think on the inside? Okay, here's the third thing, the third factor, and that's behaving. So, so it starts with belonging, it moves to becoming, and then we get to behaving. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates or by, by its rules or by, by its orders, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You see, becoming is all about the internal. Behaving is all about the external. And the way that we have to live is inside out, not outside in. You have to become before you can behave. That's why the order of this is so important. As we said a second ago, you have to belong before you can become. Because if you start trying to change yourself on the outside without having been made right with God and taking your place and receiving that righteousness from God, you will never be able to do it. So you have to say, God, I receive my belonging. I receive my position. Now I'm going to begin to become on the inside. I'm going to start changing my thinking. I'm going to start changing what's happening on the inside of me. Now, all of a sudden, I can start changing my behaviors. But so many times when we come into Christianity, if we are stepping in from the outside, this is normally what we want to start with. 
I want to start with my behaviors and I want to work it from the outside in. I, I want to fix my behavior. Oh, I, I got to stop smoking. I got to stop drinking. I got to stop cussing. I got to stop doing, I got to stop doing all this. Why? Why? Because, because I'm going back to church. <laughs> that don't, I mean, I hate to tell you, that just don't work. That ain't, that ain't going to get you very far. But, but this is where people try to go. They try to work it from the outside in. And God says, no, that's not the way it works. You got to work this thing from the inside out. Let me get in there. Find your position of belonging in me. When you start belonging in me, then you're going to start becoming something different on the inside. I'm going to change what you see and change what you think. I'm going to change your heart. And as I begin to do that, now your behaviors on the outside are going to start looking what God's doing on the inside. You don't, have to, you don't have to behave the way you always behave. That's what I love in this scripture. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature tells you to do. You have no obligation. You don't have to do it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to look a second time. Hello, somebody. Expansion weekend. If you change your actions, but the Holy Spirit doesn't change your attitude, you, you might look good when everything is good, but just wait till it's not good and it won't be good. If, if you change your action, but the Holy Spirit doesn't change your attitude, it'll work for a while. When everything's good, it'll look good. You look nice. You know how to say hallelujah. You know how to say bless the Lord. You know how to, you know how to put some phrases on it. You can quote John 3.16. You can do what you need to do, and you can kind of get by. But just wait till it doesn't, just wait till it, it doesn't go good anymore, and then it's not going to be good for you. Why? Because you started from the, from the outside trying, trying to work it in, and it doesn't work that way. You got to start on the inside and work it on the outside. And that way, whenever things start going bad on the outside, it's okay because I'm so strong and I'm so transformed on the outside. Everything around me can go and be, be, be going bad, but I'm going to still be on a firm foundation, but just wait, wait till it starts going bad. If it's not strong on the inside, then it's going to, I'm going to crumble under it. Or you can change. You can change your behaviors. You can change what your eyes look at. You can change what your ears hear. You can change what your mouth says. You can change your actions. Once it changes on the inside, it ought to start changing on the outside. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Finally, believers, we ask and admonish you in the Lord Jesus that you follow the instruction that you receive from us about how you ought to walk and please God, just as you are actually doing, and that you excel even more and more pursuing a life of purpose and living in a way that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. For you know what commandments and precepts we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, that you be sanctified, separated and set apart from sin, so that, that you abstain and back away from sexual immorality. Here, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and, and, and he says, you know how we taught you, and one of the things that we taught you is how you ought to walk. Well, you you got to know that following Jesus, it, it has a look to it. Okay, it has a look. How you ought to walk, there, there is a look to it, but, but it might not be the look that you think. It might not be the look that somebody else told you it needs to be. Perfect family walking into church, everybody smiling. That, that, that's not the look 
That's not the walk. It, it's, not, it's not walking confident in the church. That's not the look. What, what it looks like is loving people that nobody else loves. That's what it ought to look like. That's what it should look like is, is serving those who need to be served. That, that's, what it, that's what it needs to look like. What it looks like is, is, is closing your door and having a time of prayer. What it looks like, it, it, it might not be what you think, but, but let me tell you, there is a way that it should look. There is a way to walk. There is actions. And then I love what he says. He says, and you need to excel in this even more and more. That means it ought to get better and better. Your walk ought to get better and better. The way it looks, it needs to get better and better. The, 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 the action of your life, it ought to get better and better. Your behaviors ought to get better and better and look more and more and more like Jesus. He says in verse 3, he says, this is the will of God for you. You know, it, it seems as if... Uh, this is always the, the, the question in Christianity. What's the will of God for my life? What's the will of God? I'm just trying to find the will of God. He put it right there. The will of God is that you be sanctified. Before you wonder about where you're supposed to live and what job you're supposed to have and who you're supposed to marry, this is the will of God for you, that you be sanctified, that you be separated and set apart from your sinful past. That is the will of God for you, that your behaviors would begin to look like what Jesus died on the inside for it to be. Here's number four. Here's number four, the, the fourth factor. So we, 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 we are belonging, we are becoming, we are behaving, but then you need to know there is some benefiting. There is some benefiting. I, I love this, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. <laughs> Come on. He says now God has adopted us because we belong to him now. Now we call him Abba, Father, which, which, which means it's like calling him Daddy God. D don't you know that there is, there is a level of benefit that comes from being my daughter that your kid's just not going to have in my house? I mean, I, I got that last bite of ice cream that I've been saving, and I'm, I'm ready to enjoy that last bite. It's the perfect last bite, and then Juju comes up, Dad, can I have some ice cream? And I say, Absolutely, baby. Daddy would love to give you this ice cream. Now, let me just tell you what. If your kid ran up and said, hey, mister, could I have that ice cream? I would say, you better get out of here right now. Kid, I ain't giving you no ice cream. This is my last bite. I've been saving it the whole time. <laughs> but, but, but there's benefits to being my kid in my house. There, there's some benefits, and there's a benefits whenever, we, when, whenever, whenever he goes from just being God to being dad. There's benefits. When he goes from just being creator to father, there's benefits to that because now I know that I, I can jump up on his lap and say, Dad, can I have that last bite of ice cream? I know there are benefits because he is my father. It says, for his spirit, in verse 16, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are the heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we, ought, we must also share in his 
suffering. You say, what is the glory of God? The glory of God is the beauty that emanates from God's character. The glory of God is just all that he is coming out of him. That is the glory of God. And the scripture says, we have this as our inheritance. You are an heir of everything that God is. Doesn't that make doesn't that make Luke 15 make a little more sense when Jesus is telling the story, uh, the parable of the prodigal son? And the prodigal son goes to his dad and says, Dad, I want half the estate. And he takes that money and he goes out and the Bible says he spends it on wild living. He's sleeping in the pig pen, looking at the pig food, saying this is so good. Then he remembers, he comes to his senses and he remembers his father's house, that even the servants in his father's house has it better than he has it. And he says, I'm going to go back to dad's house and say, Dad, just put me in the servant quarters. I'll have food to eat and a roof over my head. I know I don't deserve to be a son anymore and he goes back to his father's house and the father comes out running for the son and he puts a new coat on him puts a new ring on his finger brand new shoes on his feet says let's kill the fatty calf let's have a party because the son that was lost has now been found and then the 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 older son didn't come to the party he was pouting out back your dad goes out and says, hey, son, why don't you, your brother's home. He's been lost. He's back. He's found. He said, dad, you ain't never thrown a party for me. I'm not coming to party. I've been here working faithful, serving faithful, never complained, haven't taken any of your money, just every day, just right here by your side. You've never thrown a party for me. And he said, son, don't you realize that everything I have belongs to you? You see, the son just didn't realize what he had. He, he, he didn't realize what he had. And so many times we live this life and we don't know the benefits that we have being a son or a daughter. We don't know that we are an heir of God's glory, that we have an inheritance of everything that he is. And it belongs to us because we are a rightful heir. Once again, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did. And because we belong to the family, there are benefits that come from belonging to the family. Jesus said you could have the abundant life. The Apostle Paul said you could live in the fruits of the Spirit. Why? Because we get to share in the character of Christ. That comes with benefits. There are benefits to being in the family of God. There are benefits to having joy in the midst of a storm. There are benefits to having peace in the midst of chaos. There are benefits to being in this family that you can have power and self-control and kindness and sacrifice. There are benefits to being in the family. Hebrews 11 says this, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must, must believe. You must believe that God exists, and you must believe that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. you, you got to believe your God is a rewarder. You have to believe that God wants to reward you. You have to believe that God wants to give you good stuff. You have to believe that God wants you to live in the overflow of everything that he has for you. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 7. He said, if you being sinful know how to give good gifts to your kid, then how about God who, has, who knows no sin? Don't you think that he will know how to give a good gift to you? You see, you have a father that is 
desiring and wanting to give you good gifts on a daily basis because that's who he is and you are inherit you, you get to inherit his glory and he, that is part of his character he wants to give you good stuff so you get to receive it but you see your 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 future is not going to expand if you don't know you got benefits I love, I love the story. It's so cheesy. But, the, 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 you know, the, the, the person that gets on the cruise ship, you know, they packed all the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because they didn't know that the food on the cruise ship, they, they could eat. It was all they could eat. And they've been up in their room eating peanut butter and jelly and some Fritos, you know, and walking by, looking at all the people just having all the fun, eating all the food and all the chocolate croissants and ice cream. And everybody just having a good time. And they're just over there eating their peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the deck, just thinking, oh, God, thank you for what I have. And they don't know that everything on the whole ship, it all belongs to them. They've already paid the price. It is all, it all belongs to them. But sometimes that's how we live in the kingdom as Christians is we don't know that we have these benefits. We don't understand that we serve a God who wants to reward us and we're walking around the ship with just what we have and, and we feel real, real happy and spiritual about it because we're just, God, thank you for what I have. But you don't know that God wants to give you so much more and if your future is going to expand, you got to know there's benefits. There's benefits. There's benefits. Proverbs chapter 8, it says, and whoever finds me, so talking about wisdom here, for whoever finds wisdom finds life and receives favor from the Lord. God wants to give you favor. God wants you to have favor with everybody you talk to. God, God wants you to live in favor I love Keith Craft's definition of favor. He says that favor is, is God's divine assigned advantage for your success. God's divine assigned advantage for your success. God wants to give you a divine assigned advantage for your success in life. And you have to believe there are benefits. If you want your future to expand, you better believe there are benefits to serving God. Here's the last thing as we close. And that is believing. That is believing. You, you know, you, after you got your belonging and your becoming and your behaving and your benefiting, then it gets down to believing. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Listen to these scriptures. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else benefiting? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted, hungry, destitute, in danger, threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for, the, for, his, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who 
loved us. For I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody say amen. You see that the key to your future expansion is believing in more than just Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. The key to your future expansion, it, it, it starts there because that's how, that's how you get in the door. That's how you belong. But it doesn't stop there. See, if you want your future to expand, that, that you have to believe that he is for you and not against you. You have to believe that if, if God is for you, then who can stand against you? You have to believe that, that if, if God didn't withhold his son, why would he withhold anything else? If he gave me Jesus, he'll give me everything else I need in order to become who he has called me to be. You see, I have to believe that nothing can hold me back, that, that, that there is no one condemning me right now. Why? Because Jesus has come and said there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those that are in this family. And I have to believe that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, and he is pleading with the Father for me each and every day. He is taking me before the Father every day. I have to believe that I have an advocate in Jesus Christ who is constantly praying for me and interceding for me and cheering for me and pushing me forward in the eyes of the Father. I have to believe that nothing can separate me from Christ's love. It doesn't matter my trouble. It doesn't matter my mistake. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. No, I have to believe there's nothing that can separate me from his love. I have to believe that overwhelming victory is mine. I have to believe that I am more than a conqueror. I have to believe that I can overcome despite the odds. I have to believe that he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I have to believe that no weapon formed against me is going to be able to prosper. You see, I have to believe and be convinced that nothing can ever separate me from his love, no matter what it is in this world. You see, if my future is going to expand that I have to believe. I have to believe. It's the key to my future expansion. I have to believe. I have to believe. You see, if, if, if your future is going to expand, because this is what I believe. I, I, I believe the Old Testament is just a shadow of the New Testament. I, I believe that there are things that we take out of the Old Testament that we bring into the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, God's people had something called the promised land. It was a land that flowed with milk and honey. It was a fertile place. It was a, it was a good place. And it was the place that God had for them. I believe that each and every one of everyone in this place has a promised land. And, and, it, and it is not a, a, a destination, if you would. It is not a physical place on this earth, but it is a place in the spirit. It is a place that you were created to thrive and to flourish and to function. It is God's promised place for you. But you see, you never get to the promised land. And, and that's 
That's where the expansion is. That's where the favor is. That's where you get to overcome your enemy. That's where the walls of Jericho begin to fall. That's where you, de- that's where you defeat the enemy. That's where you drive things out of your life that had been in your life. That's where you drive out addiction and you drive out depression and you drive out loneliness. Why? Because it is the place that I was created to live. It is the abundant life. It was my promised land. But you see, if I'm going to get into that place and flourish in that place and expand in my future, I have to first know that I belong there. I belong. You got to be convinced that you belong. And then after you know you belong, you you, you got to get busy becoming. I, I, I got to get busy being disciple. Just like, follow me and I will make you. I got I to be made. I got to make sure I got the right attitude. I got to make sure I got the right thoughts. I, I got to make sure that, that I've got the right things happening on the inside of me. I got to start becoming who God created me to be. And then I got to start checking my behaviors. Because I can't say I belong and say I'm becoming, but my outside not keeping up with my inside. It doesn't have to be on day one. It doesn't even have to be on week one. But there ought to be, there ought to be some change in my behaviors because of what's happening on the inside. Because what's happened on the inside is so powerful, things begin to change on the outside. You, you see, I can't get into the promised land if my behaviors aren't starting to look like Jesus. Are you going to be perfect to get in the promised land? No. You're never going to be perfect. But you ought to be improved. <laughs> Because the work that Jesus is doing in you is so powerful and so amazing that it's changing your behaviors. And if you're going to get into that, into that place, you, you better start laying hold of your inheritance. You better realize that you are an heir, but I don't feel like an heir. It don't matter. <laughs> you are an heir because you belong. And because you belong, you need to know there's some benefits from belonging. And it's time for you to start laying claim and stop pouting on the outside, talking about, I, I just, you know, everybody else is getting their breakthrough. I'm not getting my breakthrough. It, 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 maybe it's because you didn't realize that the breakthrough already belonged to you and all you had to do was walk in and say, Dad, tonight let's have a party. I just want to kill the fatty calf and let's just throw a big party just because we can. There's benefits to being in the family of God. There's benefits to being a son, benefits to being a daughter. He wants to reward you and give you good gifts. At the end of the day, you better believe. Because every demon in hell is trying to keep you from believing. Everything in your human nature is trying to keep you from believing. You You don't deserve that. You're not good enough for that. Who do you think you are to stand up and lay claim to that? Trouble shows up in your life. You're like, well, yeah, I knew that. Yep, uh-huh. I, I knew I kind of overstepped my bounds right there. It got a little stormy out there. You know, I, I better back up. I better just take my place right here. Just happy with what I got. No, whenever the trouble comes up, you better realize that just means you're getting closer than you've ever been. And you better push on, push on through that storm so you can get to that promised place. Just because there's a barrier doesn't mean that what's on the other side doesn't belong to you. No, I'm believing that it doesn't matter what is in my way. It is going to have to part. The Red Sea is going to have to part. The Jordan River is going to have to part. The wall is going to have to come down because what's on the other side belongs to me. But you have to believe it if you are going to receive it and step into it. 
See, you want your future to expand. Those are five key factors. And let me just tell you, for the future that God has for you, you can't be missing one of them. You can't be missing one of them and live the future that God has created you to live. You want your future to expand, then you got to make sure that all five of these factors are functioning properly in your life. I can tell you what this city needs. I can tell you what your neighborhood needs. I can tell you what your family needs. Your family needs your future to expand. Your city needs your future to expand. Your, your, your neighborhood needs you to be better tomorrow than you are today. Your coworker, they need, they need your future to expand. The kingdom of God needs your future to expand. This is what I've discovered. God's given us the playbook. We just have to execute the plays. God said, it's here. You can belong. You got to receive it. It's here. Power's available. You can become by the power of the Spirit that we read. You can become. You can change it. It's, it's available. You just got to take it. Oh, your behaviors can change. What's, what's on the outside? It can change. Oh, you, you just got to lay hold of it. Oh, you, you, can, you got benefits. You, you just got to claim them as the heir. point needs your future to expand. We need you to expand. Why? Because we want to reach this city. Why? Because we want to touch the world. We need our futures to expand. If we're going to do that, we've got to have all five of these factors functioning in our lives. I want you to stand with me tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight you say, Philip, I, I want my future to expand, but what I've got got one of these areas where it's just not it's just not where it needs to be I, re I really want that abundant life I, I really want to live in that overflow I, I really want to see my my future expand but but if you were honest right now you, you would say there, there's one of those factors maybe it's maybe it's belonging Maybe you've been living under the weight of condemnation because there's a condition in your life. You feel like God's love and acceptance is, condition, is conditional, but if you realize that it's unconditional, that it's not your performance that gives you acceptance. It was Jesus' performance on the cross that gives you acceptance. 
and gives you access into the unconditional love where, where there is no condition, there is no condemnation. You belong. Maybe that's what you're struggling with tonight. But what you know what? Maybe you've just stopped becoming. You're just honest. Maybe you've just been in church so long, you just kind of got comfortable where you are. And you're not really active on the inside of becoming. You're not really pushing through to become something new, challenging your, your thoughts and your attitudes and your perspectives. Or maybe your behaviors haven't caught up to what God is doing on the inside of you. You're still doing some things that you know don't, don't, don't match with what God has done in you. Maybe today you're, you're not laying hold of the benefits. You're not laying hold of the benefits and you say, Philip, I, I, I need to lay hold of the benefits. Because I belong, I, I am an heir of God's glory, of his very essence, of everything that he is and everything that he has. Maybe tonight, you're having some trouble really believing that because he's for you, nothing can be against you. Believing that there is nothing that can separate you from his love, his affection, his acceptance. Maybe just having some hard time believing that that promised place really belongs to you. Tonight you say, Philip, I'm, I'm struggling in one of these, these five factors. And you say, but I, I, I don't want this thing to hold me back from from my future expansion. I, I want to expand my future. I, I want God to expand my future. I want to walk into that promised place that he has for me. And, and I know that there's one of these factors or a few of these factors that, that are holding me back right now. And you say, but I'm, I'm ready to begin to move forward so that I can move into the future that God has for me. If that's you tonight, if that's you tonight, one of these things are holding you back and you're ready to deal with it, to take your life to the next level. Just come on, just slip up your hand right now and say, God, that's me. That's me. You know, well, you know what it is. You know what it is. I, I, I know right now, right there where you're standing, as your, as your hand is raised, I, I know that God is dealing with you right there where you are. With that hand raised, you, you know what's holding you back. You know what the Holy Spirit is doing right now, what the Holy Spirit is whispering to you right now. You know. He's saying, come on, you know that you belong. Drop that condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. Come on. You know that you can become the power of the Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is operating in you. Come on, you can become. You know that your behaviors can catch up on the outside what Jesus is doing on the inside. Come on, you know that there are 
benefits for you that you can lay hold of, that you can that you can go ahead and lay claim as your inheritance to the glory of God in your life, everything that He is and everything that He has. And come on, you can believe despite the odds, despite the difficulties, despite what you're facing, you can keep on believing that the best is yet to come. You can keep on believing that you are going to make it. You can keep on believing that He is for you and nothing is going to be able to stop you. You can keep on believing. You know why your hand is up. Come on, right there where you are. Come on, can we just lift, can we just lift both hands to heaven right now? Just lift both hands to heaven right now. Just say this. Say this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I need you. I believe that you created me for the abundant life. I am ready for my future to expand. I want to have everything that you have in store for me. And I declare tonight that I belong, that I am becoming, that my behaving is going to be transformed. And I know that tonight you're doing something in me that's going to be seen on the outside of me. You're going to change me and transform me from the inside out. And you have benefits that are for me as your child. Father, I believe right now towards heaven. I want to just pray right now the spirit of faith for you to begin to believe that it's even better than you ever believed it could be. I want to begin to pray right now that 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 it's going to be better than you ever, that you even believe possible. I want to pray right now that, that, that your life will be more effective, that your life will make a greater impact. I'm going to pray right now that you believe that the things that you saw as, as, as a setback, God's going to use it as a setup in your life so that you can step up to the next level. I'm going to pray right now that, that there would be a spirit of faith that is released, that your belief is going to go. Sure, you might have believed for some things. Sure, you might have believed for that. Sure, you might have believed for this. I'm going to pray right now that you are going to begin to believe for things that are so far above so far beyond exceedingly abundantly above anything that you've ever asked or imagined in your life father i pray all over this place as we lift up our hands god i pray the spirit of faith god to believe that their future is going to be better than they ever dreamed it could be their future is going to be greater than they ever thought it could be god i thank you god they're going to be more in that they're going to be more influential they're going to make a greater impact god i thank you they're going to be stronger they're going to be more committed they're going to be more dedicated. They're going to see more fruit. They're going to see more breakthrough. God, I thank you, God. You're going to use them in ways that they never thought that you could use them before. God, I pray in Jesus' name, even now, God, Lord, expand their vision. Expand their future.
that they would believe that they are headed to a place and a future that you are calling them to. Take us into that future. Take us into that future. God, you said, I I know the plans that I have for you. Your plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. Expand our future and let us walk into it. Through faith and through these five factors, God, operating in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, somebody put an amen on it. Here at North Point Community Church, we believe in creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community through the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at ncc.team or follow us on any social media platform at CC North Point.